Well, good morning. Good morning. I am so very excited to be up here and sharing with you today, coming live to this little group of people assembled here in this room today, all getting ready for next week when we can be back in person together. But today we are talking about healing. We're talking about healing. It's in his name. Now here at MCC over the last few months, we've been journeying, talking about God as our healer, Jehovah Rapha. But today we are specifically going to focus on the name of Jesus and the healing found in his name. My goal for us today is to unpack the significance of the name of Jesus. And this is what I really hope you walk away from today knowing. Every name of Jesus reveals his nature, helping you to become intimately acquainted with him with who he is, with what he does, and with how he interacts with you. Come, why don't we say that together for a moment? Every name of Jesus reveals his nature, helping you become intimately acquainted with who he is, what he does, and how he wants to interact with you. That's what I want you to walk away today knowing. Now, Jesus really is the name above every other name. Paul writes in Philippians 2.9 that God gave him the name that is above every other name. Now, I personally know of no other name that can change a heart, a life, an atmosphere, a city. Nothing changes things like the name of Jesus. Just the mention of his name brings change. Yeah. And yet it's the most beautiful name because no other name can bring the warmth and the peace and the love of the name of Jesus. But it's also the most weighty name because it encompasses all in all because Jesus is all in all. Now, in our human language, we try to describe and explain things. But the thing is, I think when it comes to Jesus, words just fail us because they're not enough. You see, those five letters of his name, Jesus, they are so significant and yet still not enough to describe all that he is and all that he does. See, when we call upon the name of Jesus, we actually encapsulate all that he is and we're calling on all that he is when we speak his name. And what's so beautiful is that when we speak his name, all of him shows up to meet with us. So we're going to start right at the beginning. What is his name? Well, if you haven't guessed yet, his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And before Jesus was even walking on the earth. His name was pronounced. In fact, when the angel visited Mary and Joseph, both to tell them that Jesus was going to be born, he was named at that very point. And, and we find in Matthew 1 and Luke 1, the story of the angel visiting Mary and Joseph, saying he will be called Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. Now translated into the Hebrew, the name Jesus is Yeshua. We sing about that, Yeshua, and Yeshua means Yahweh saves, God saves. See, these two passages of scripture in Matthew 1 and Luke 1, where the angel visits Mary and Joseph, reveals to us even more about the nature and the name of Jesus. It doesn't just reveal that his name is going to be Jesus, but we actually find out these pretty incredible things. The first is that he is Emmanuel. That means he is God with us. The next is that he is holy and the son of God. And the next one is that he will reign in an everlasting kingdom. 
What I love about this announcement of his name and that is that it reveals his identity, his purpose and his mission. See, we find out that his identity is to be holy, the son of God. We find out that his purpose is to be Emmanuel, God with us. And his mission is to save people from their sin, to be Yahweh who saves. And I love that about the pronouncement of the name of Jesus. And as I got thinking about the name of Jesus, what I realized is that it's not just a noun. Like my name, it's a noun. Your name, it's a noun. It's a title that we give. But the name of Jesus is a verb. It is a doing word. It is alive. It is active. It doesn't just describe who he is, but what he does. That's the name of Jesus. It describes what he does. As I said, it is the most powerful name in heaven and on earth. Now, what is in his name? We're talking about healing being in his name this morning, but his name is more than just healing. So we're going to talk about what is in his name. Firstly, salvation is in his name. We find that out because his name is salvation. Yeshua, Yahweh saves. Romans 10.13 also tells us everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We know that there is salvation in his name. There is also forgiveness in his name. When the angel spoke to Mary in Matthew 1, he said that he will save his people from their sins. Jesus also demonstrated the power to do this while he walked the earth. Many times he said to people, go and sin no more or your sins are forgiven you. He wiped their slate clean. And in Ephesians 1, 7, we're reminded by Paul that we have forgiveness in him by the measures of his grace. So forgiveness is in his name. Healing is in his name. We've been talking about the name of God being Jehovah Rapha. And again, Jesus demonstrated the power to do this when he walked the earth. He healed many people of all kinds of disease and sickness, both in their bodies and in their souls when he walked the earth. Freedom is in the name of Jesus. In John 8:36, Jesus says this of himself. He says, he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Jesus also demonstrated this because while he walked the earth, he cast demons out of people and he freed people who were oppressed. Actually, the demons even shook trembling before he got there. That's the power in who Jesus is and in his name. And in our, human, and in our humanity, the condition of sin is remedied in Jesus. We're no longer bound by it. We are free because of Jesus. So freedom is in his name. Peace is in his name. Jesus is called Prince of Peace and Wonderful Counselor. We're going to be exploring that over Christmas. Isaiah 9, 6. He is peace to us. And life is in his name. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I have come to give you life and life abundantly in John 10, 10. Now, these are just a few of the things found in the name of Jesus. Life, healing, salvation, freedom. Just a few. Because what I'm trying to demonstrate to you today is this. Every name of Jesus reveals his nature, helping you become intimately acquainted with him, with who he is, with what he does, and with how he wants to interact with you today. Now, when we know the significance of the name of Jesus and how his name is all encompassing of who he is, it reminds us that we can go to him for anything and everything because the answer we need is found in his name. So you can call on what you specifically might need. You might say, oh, hope, I need hope, God, and he'll come to you in hope. You might call on freedom because you know that you need it. Or you can just call Jesus 
because when you call Jesus, he shows up fully as God. He shows up as all of heaven and he knows exactly what I need and what you need in any situation. His name is alive and active and it is not just a title. His name is living today because every name of Jesus reveals his nature to you helping you become intimately acquainted with who he is, what he does, and how he wants to interact with you. Now, Jesus himself, when he walked the earth, never walked around name dropping like, I'm Jesus, make way, whoa, coming through. But no, Jesus always pointed back all glory to the Father. Anytime he did something, he gave the glory to God. Anytime there was a miracle, a sign, a wonder, anytime he did anything great, he always said it's because my Father did it first or my Father told me to do it. See, Jesus embodied who God was. He embodied what all of heaven was. We know what heaven looks like and what the Father looks like if we have seen Jesus. But see, as Jesus neared the end of his time on the earth, he took that opportunity to reveal to his friends some of the significance of his name. And in John 14, if you have a Bible, you can turn to it. But if not, there'll be one we've prepared earlier for you. In John 14, Jesus is sitting at the Passover meal. It's the last meal he's going to share with his disciples. And it is the night before he is going to be betrayed and handed over to his accusers. And he's taking this opportunity to remind them, guys, over the last three years, this is what you've seen. This is what you've heard. This is what I taught you. And this is what I need you to remember. And he was taking the opportunity to point them back to where their faith needed to be. Because he told them, if you've seen me, you've seen God. If you believe in me, you believe in the one who sent me. And then he teaches us about his name. And in John 14, 12, Jesus says this. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Let's read that again. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, Jesus was confident in his name and in its capability, not because he had a big ego, not because he was puffed up, but because he knew it was the name the Father had given him, the name which was above every other name. And he knew that anything that was asked of him that would give the Father glory, he would do it. Did you catch that little clause? To give the Father glory, he would do it. Now, Jesus isn't giving us a blanket promise. Anything you want, it's yours. He's not Oprah. You get a car, you get a car. He's not, that's not Jesus, okay? Jesus is neither a genie in a bottle who when we go, oh, I need something and we just give it a little rub and out he pops and we get what we want and he pops back in. That's not who Jesus is. And when we look at a scripture like this, which is incredibly important, context is key. And looking at it alongside other like scriptures helps us to understand. Now, John is the writer who penned these words of Jesus. And John, in his later years, John walked with Jesus. He was a young guy, walked with Jesus as one of his disciples, and in fact, one of his very best friends. And then many years later, as he's nearing the end of his own life, John pens some letters. And in these letters, I wonder if, I wonder if John kind of heard this when he was young and thought, anything? I can ask anything and I'll get anything. And then maybe he tried it out and maybe sometimes it didn't quite work. And then, you know, maybe he thought, I want a pizza. And the pizza didn't appear. I don't know. 
Insert anything here weird and strange that you might have prayed for and it didn't quite work. But then years later in 1 John 5, 14, John pens this. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. If we look at what John's writing on both these occasions alongside together, we start to understand that when we ask according to his will, that's when he hears us and he does it. See, to know that Jesus is going to do something to glorify the Father, Jesus knows it's in the will of the Father because Jesus only did what? What he saw the Father doing and saying. So Jesus will still only do what he sees the Father doing and saying. So when we speak and when we pray, it needs to be in accordance with the will of God. The things we ask in his name must align with that purpose that God has. So when we're calling on the name of Jesus, it's for the things that he's promised us. It's for the things that are done in accordance with his nature. We're learning about his nature being tied up in his name. So we know what to pray according to his will. So we're praying and asking in his name according to his will for us, in us, and for those around us. Now we know God's will is to heal and we know his nature is to heal. We know his promise to us is to heal. The Bible's full of scriptures. It tells by his stripes we were healed. He was broken and bruised for our infirmities and for our wholeness. We know these things. So I just want to show you three quick stories which demonstrate the power in the name of Jesus. And I hope you get excited about these stories as what I do, especially this first one. I love it. In Acts 3, Peter and John, who were friends of Jesus, they're going up to the temple and on the way they see a man lying on the ground who's born lame from birth. He can't walk, his legs don't work. And so he's a beggar. And as Peter and John walk past, he asks for alms, which is money, help, food, anything. And they look at him and they say, look at us. And in Aussie translation, I think he's saying, mate, we've got nothing, right? We're not going to give you anything. But then Peter chimes in with this. In verse 6, he says, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth walk. And then Peter takes him up by the hand, the guy's ankles become strong and he's healed from that moment. Because Peter asks in accordance to the will of God in the name of Jesus. Acts 16, Paul and Silas, they are doing their thing, going about preaching and teaching in towns as they did. And in one of the towns, they encounter a slave girl who has what the Bible calls a spirit of divination, which means she can foretell and predict the future. However, she's not working on God's side under the spirit of prophecy. She's working under the spirit of darkness. She's a fortune teller, and that's how she makes her owner's money. Now, this woman drove Paul crazy. She followed them around for days and days, calling out, these men are servants of the Most High God, and they're telling you the way to be saved. Now that was true, but it was annoying the heck out of, out of Paul. And she kept it up for days. So Paul turns around and says to her, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. He spoke to that spirit and it left her immediately. Now, much to the dismay of the people who owned her who could no longer make money, but that's another story. But here we have again, us using, Paul using the name of Jesus to speak to the spiritual realm and bringing change and freedom. Now, Acts 2, the Holy Spirit has visited the earth in a massive way. It's called Pentecost. 
And then the, the disciples are so full of faith, they just swarm into the streets and start preaching. And the people say to Peter, well, what do we do with what you're telling us? What do we do with this message? And in verse 38, Peter tells them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of who? In the name of Jesus, that's right, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 41, it tells us those who accepted his message were baptized, and around 3,000 in number were added that day. So what we see here is healing, freedom, and forgiveness. Three things which we have already discovered are in the name of Jesus get outworked as we pray in the name of Jesus. But I can hear some of you going, oh, but Rose, those stories were like a long time ago. Like the Bible's old, yeah, it's ancient. So does Jesus still do that today? Well, I'm gonna actually share with you a couple of stories from my own life because some people might think I'm ancient, but I'm not as ancient as the Bible, all right? So I'm gonna share with you a couple of stories on how the name of Jesus has changed my life. Now, I used to have a very irrational fear of our home being broken into and my family being attacked in the night. Now, nothing happened that I could think of to you know, make me have this fear. It's not like it had happened before, and that's why it's an irrational fear. But I used to have this dream, a recurring dream constantly, that attackers would come into our house and they would always somehow come into my room first and always to me, like I was the only one in the house who knew that we were being attacked. And in my dream, I always knew that the answer was to call out the name of Jesus. But in my dream, every time I tried, it's like I couldn't get his name out. And I would wake up right at that moment when I was trying to say his name and before anything bad happened in the dream. And so those dreams obviously fed that irrational fear of me thinking, you know, something's going to happen one day. But one day I was having this dream. One night I was dreaming because I don't sleep in the day. I'm not a napper. I was sleeping at night and both in real life and in my dream, I called out the name of Jesus so loud, in fact, that I woke Tim who was next to me. He's like, are you all right? And, and he said, you were calling out the name of Jesus. And I said, and I, and, and I said, I was having that dream, but this time I got the name out. And from that day, no more fear and no more dreams. I have not had that dream since that day. And that is the power of the name of Jesus, that even while you are asleep and in your dream, you can call out the name of Jesus and he breaks fear and he changes your life. You know, another time where I know the name of Jesus has significantly impacted me. And if you have ever cared for a sick child or you're a parent of a child, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. But being up all night with a child who is sick, who you look at them and go, I want to do anything to change what you're going through right now, but I cannot do a thing. You can't because you're only human, but you know the one who can is Jesus. I've spent many a nights in an emergency room and I've had to take ambulance trips. Thanks God for that subscription because by golly have I got my benefit out of it. But I tell you, when you whisper the name of Jesus as you stroke the head of a little child who is sick and scared, it changes everything. It changes the atmosphere over that child. That child knows it's going to be okay. Yeah. And when you speak that, you speak faith to yourself. You might not have the answer, but you have the name of Jesus. And inside that name is every answer you need. 
Now I know in my life the name of Jesus has changed things. Whether I've called on him with a shout, whether it's been declaration and faith, or whether it's been a whisper out of desperation because it's all I can get out. I know that the name of Jesus has everything that I need. Yes, today it's in his name. Healing is in his name. Deliverance is in his name. Freedom is in his name. Anything you need today is in the name of Jesus. I want to remind you today that every name of Jesus reveals his nature. Come on, why don't you say it with me? Every name of Jesus reveals his nature, helping you become intimately acquainted with who he is, what he does, and how he wants to interact with you. I just want to look today at just a few more examples of this whole aspect of who he is and how he wants to interact with us. Because we're talking about healing, we're talking about Jehovah Rapha. And what I want to show you is that for every healing need in your life, there is an answer in the name of Jesus. Did you know that? For every healing need, whether it's body, soul, spirit, there is an answer in the name of Jesus. If you're lonely today, do you know that he is Emmanuel? He is closer than a brother. Are you distressed or worried? Are you needing guidance? He's wonderful counsellor. Are you afraid or anxious? He is Prince of Peace. Are you looking for direction or purpose? He's the way, the truth and the light. He is the light of the world in your darkness. Did you know that if you are hungry or thirsty, he is the bread of life and he is living water. He has living springs and fountains. Did you know that if you need something to rely on in this world, in this world where things are constantly changing and the the walls constantly being, the rugs constantly being pulled under our feet, constantly. But do you know he is everlasting father? He changes not. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. If you're needing wisdom today, he is rabbi, he is teacher. If you're needing forgiveness, if you're needing the stain of your past to be washed from your soul, if you're needing that, we know that he is Yahweh saves, God who saves. We know that he is redeemer, saviour, holy, righteous. He is forgiveness. If you're needing healer, he is Jehovah Rapha. Are you needing care or love or to be reminded of your worth today? He is the good shepherd. He leads us and guides us and cares for us and he leaves everything else just to come and meet with us, to come and meet with you today. Now this by no means is an exhaustive list. This is just like the tip of the iceberg to get you understanding, to get you going, my goodness, there's so much more in the name of Jesus than what I realized. It is the all-encompassing name. It encompasses all of the Father, all of heaven and all of God. Every need we have is met in him. Everything is complete in his name. Jesus is the word, the living word, and that means he is alive. We can interact with his name today. I want to leave you with something super practical today. We have talked about and and learned about the name of Jesus, and we have talked about how everything we need is in his name. But I want to show you today how you can interact with that name. How can you appropriate that power? How can you get that authority and use it in your life? Well, firstly, speak his name. Start speaking it out. If you've never speak the name of Jesus out before, today is a good, good day to start. Speak his name as you go about your day. Speak his day when you open your, his name when you open your eyes. Speak his name when you close them in your bed at the end of the night. Speak his name over situations that you're facing that you don't know what the answer is, but he knows what the answer is. 
You start by speaking his name, by calling on it in every moment you can. There's never a wrong time to speak and call on the name of Jesus. Sing his name. That's why we sing so much when, when we gather together in church and why our songs are all about Jesus. We sing his name. We put melody to the power and the authority because sometimes it reminds us and engages our whole being because we're singing to melody. We're singing sounds of heaven. Declare his name. I said it earlier. Start to speak his name over situations and things that you want to see happen that Jesus has an answer for. Pray in his name. Pray according to the will and the purposes of God. Pray in his name. Write about his name. Start to journal. Start to express creatively the names of Jesus and, and who he is. Because sometimes when we write, or we start to just, our, our, the Holy Spirit takes over your pen when you write. And you start to discover things and revelation that you didn't know was possible. I encourage you, go old school. Don't iPad it. Write. Write. Things happen when you write. And think, meditate, and read. I forgot to write read in there, but think, meditate, and read. You learn about Jesus by reading about Jesus, and you read about Jesus in the Word, in the Bible. But think and meditate on what you read. That's how you get to know and interact with the name of Jesus. Because I only showed you three stories that are found in the Bible of things that happened in Jesus' name. But I bet you you could find more. I bet you you could find a story and you could share it with someone this week. Look what happened when someone prayed in the name of Jesus. We need to remember that while there are many titles given to Jesus, they're not just titles. These names of Jesus are not just names. These names of Jesus encompass all he is and all he does. Remember, God has given him the name which is above every other name. Every name of Jesus reveals his nature, helping you become intimately acquainted with who he is, with what he does, and with how he wants to interact with you. You see, Jesus is always listening. He's just waiting for us to call on him. And the invitation's there. Would you call on Jesus today? I'm going to hand it back to Pastor Matt. Thanks.